quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Frederica Whitfield, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. This is State of America tonight. At the White House and across the U.S., flags are at half-staff today following the nation's deadliest school shooting since Sandy Hook in Connecticut back in 2012. 17 people are dead and another 14 are hospitalized. For President Trump, that means a return to what is becoming a familiar role, consoler-in-chief. Our entire nation, with one heavy heart, is praying for the victims and their families. No child, no teacher, should ever be in danger in an American school. No parent should ever have to fear for their sons and daughters when they kiss them goodbye in the morning. In the past hour, the suspect, Nicholas Cruz, appeared in court. He was denied bond. The panel tonight, uh, Kristen Soltis Anderson, a columnist with the Washington Examiner, a uh, columnist and a Republican strategist and pollster. Basil Smichel, a Democratic strategist and former head of the New York State Democratic Party. Matt Viser, CNN political analyst and deputy Washington bureau chief for the Boston Globe. John Thomas, CNN political commentator and Republican consultant. Good to see all of you. All right, so John, you first, uh, the president uh, tried to come the family members of uh, the 17 killed and those who have been injured. He also said he's making plans to visit uh, Parkland, Florida. Did the president say enough? I think the president struck the right tone, especially as we don't have all the facts yet to know exactly what happened. But it appears at this stage, Frederica, that this is a law enforcement failure, that this instance might have been prevented. But I got to tell you, I think the president, his speech today was in line with what Americans needed to hear. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of healing uh, that needs to be doing. And then the next question is, where do we go from here? What can be done to prevent these kind of attacks? And that's obviously going to be the debate we have. And the what's next, the president alluded to that, as did the House Speaker, uh, trying to focus on mental health uh, being an issue that needs addressing. Um, John, is that the correct well, way I, to I, I, I place think some that's blame? Part of I think that's part of the challenge, certainly. Uh, part of it is law enforcement, how we tighten that up. And also, how do we harden these soft targets? How do we make sure that people can't, shooters can't enter a school uh, as easily as they did? Mm-hmm. And Basil, you know, before a shooter enters a school, etc., the FBI, you know, has been responding, you know, saying while a YouTube, you know, vlogger saw something and said something, the FBI, the uh, agent, uh, you know, in charge in Miami says it wasn't enough information for the FBI to actually locate Nicholas Cruz. Does that suffice? Um, you know what? As sad as that is, I I don't actually hold the FBI accountable for this. This is not the FBI's problem per se. In 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 my opinion, I I would take them at their word and say 
that they didn't have enough information to go on. I, I certainly wish that they had had that. Um, but this is a bigger failure than just that one tip with the FBI. I mean, you mentioned Sandy Hook at the beginning. When nothing was done then, and those families were at the White House with President Obama pushing and urging Congress to do something. When nothing was done then, I think so many of us have given up hope that anything will happen in this country with respect to uh, restraining and, 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 and changing our gun laws. For Frederica, any 15-year-old boy or girl with an internet account could have put together the facts of looking at the YouTube channel, looking at Facebook pictures and Instagram posts with lots of weapons and guns. You know, can, can, the FBI's excuse today to me is unacceptable that, well, the shooter didn't say the name and t date and time when he was going to commit the act. That seems like an excuse. I mean, well, what's I, unacceptable? Does, okay, go ahead. What's unacceptable is that a 19-year-old has a $2,500 assault rifle, military-grade assault rifle, in his hand, walking through a school. That's what's unacceptable to me. Mm -hmm. well, how that child gets that weapon is is baffling to me, and that's, I think, the thing that we need to address here. And there's a lot to address because, Christian, there are two things there. I mean, it is. How could someone so young have access yeah, to, not a, right, not to this, you know, civilian style, civilian, you know, version of a military style weapon? How does that happen? And then second to that, if someone does do the right thing, they see something, they say something. They say this person who identified themselves, you know, on YouTube and saying he wanted to be a professional school shooter. Why was that not enough information in which to try? and find that person, Kristen. Yeah, I, I don't want to infantilize this this killer. Uh, he's an adult. He's a, a legal adult in the United States. Uh, and when you are an adult, you if you ha pass a federal background check, as he did, you are allowed to purchase a wide variety of firearms. And so I think the question is, if you post something scary like this on YouTube, should this be the sort of thing that pops up in a background check? There had been some changes made under the Obama administration that would make certain categories of mental health uh, flags something that would pop up in this database and would prevent you from, from buying a, a weapon. But this was rolled back under the Trump administration with the support of the ACLU and the National Mental Health Association because it was viewed as something that was stigmatizing those with mental health. That your rights, the Second Amendment right, should not be deprived of you unless you have done something to deserve it being taken. And while I certainly think posting on YouTube and saying that you want to commit a school shooting is something we should take a look at as rising to that level, the fact of the matter is that you have a right to say crazy things in the United States. You don't have a right to act on them. And so how can we get better about determining when someone's words actually do rise to the level of saying, yes, You've said that, you lose your rights. So, Matt, you know, this is the second worst school shooting in U.S. history. I mean, who can forget? And there's already been re reference made to that kind of numbness that we all felt after Newtown, uh, you know, in Connecticut. The expectation that some big change or, you know, some sort of prevention might come. And then here we are again. So is this the administration? Is this the Congress in which something will happen so that... We are not in this position of debating, discussing, reflecting on a horrible thing happening on this level. 
Uh, I, no, I, I'm pretty pessimistic, I think, in any action being taken by the administration or by Congress. And I think history uh, is a guide for that. In, in 2013, uh, when Democrats had control of the Senate uh, in the aftermath of the Newtown shooting, uh, they tried to do um, several things, uh, none of which passed. An assault rifles ban, um, enhanced background checks, uh, those didn't go forward. Uh, those failed in Senate votes. Um, more recently, we have the Las Vegas shooting and uh, an attempt to uh, ban bump stocks, uh, which were which was used in that uh, uh, tragedy, and that too has not. Uh, led to anything. And so as a result, states are doing uh, their own laws and sort of a hodgepodge basis. Um, so I don't know that, uh, you know, we're in this cycle where we pay attention for, for a few days to what's happened. And then the nation seems to forget and Congress seems to forget. And, and we return sort of in this, uh, this sad cycle. Uh, so I, I, I don't see any sort of solution on the horizon for Congress. Uh, Basil, are you at all hopeful? I, I am not really hopeful, and that's the sad thing. And from a personal point of view, you know, I, when I was 12 years old, I was shot by a 14-year-old because he wanted me to sell drugs for him, and I kept refusing. In some cases, some people would answer and say, well, maybe if we had guns in the classroom, if we had uh, more teachers walking around with guns. The answer to this question is that not, not that I should have had a gun. It's that we need to get rid of all of them. I mean, this is a... I mean, this to me is common sense. This man wasn't mentally ill. He was a terrorist. He was part of a white supremacist group, and he made these threats. This is what we're dealing with here. No, you know, we, we can't keep putting Band-Aids on the problem. Thoughts and prayers are sadly not enough. So here's some sound on some remarks that we heard from congressional leadership earlier. If this background check were brought up in the House, it would win. And, and under a Republican Congress... And bipartisan, with bipartisan support for it, it would win. And so we're saying, just give us a vote. Just give us a vote. Mental health is, a, is often a big problem underlying these tragedies. We want to make sure that if someone's in the mental health system, that they don't get a gun if they're not supposed to get a gun. Ari Kristen, um, there is a cacophony of something needs to be done. But of course, by example, right here, they're coming at it from different angles. How problematic is that uh, in order to push some sort of legislation that might be an answer? So the, the other ingredient that I think doesn't get talked about enough is the public opinion around gun issues. So you have things like uh, universal background checks, which will get 90% support in most polls that you do. Uh, but it's the 10% that say no that tend to be the most politically active on these sorts of issues. And so you have a lot of folks, I think especially uh, Republicans in Congress, who A, personally believe very strongly in the Second Amendment, and B, have, have districts full of voters who really really resist. They have a sort of, you know, we can't give them an inch because they'll take it a mile approach to saying, no, I don't want anything being done that would in any way curb the Second Amendment. And so as long as those are the incentives that are there, as long as you have folks that are in elected office who have at least either a large number of voters or at least the most vocal small number of voters for whom this is their number one issue and they say we will not give an inch, those are the political incentives that, that are at play and it are why you won't, I, I think, see a whole lot happen legislatively as a result mm -hmm. of this. Matt? 
Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that we won't see a lot legislatively. And those clips that you played are, are evident of people being on different different pages on this. Uh, President Trump also spoke about this, um, you know, trying to heal a, a little bit. Uh, and I think his remarks sort of struck the right tone. He didn't bring up guns, you know, as, as any types of type of response. Uh, Paul Ryan addressed that a little bit, but with a little bit with a different take uh, than than many Democrats have on on how to fix it. So I don't know that. Uh, you know, anybody's getting on the same page uh, yeah. to deal with this. And particularly, it's an election year, uh, too, which makes things harder uh, to, to move in Congress. All right. Uh, Kristen Basil, Matt, John, thank you very much on what is a very sad day. All right. This is day 392 of President Trump's administration, and that is the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Uh, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.